Hi, this is Mark, lead pastor of Lux Digital Church. I want to thank you for joining us today and also invite you to join with us live at twitch.tv slash Church every Wednesday night at 8.30 p.m. EST. Thank you for joining us and please enjoy this message. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Lux Digital Church. Man, let me just tell you, this is by far the one of the times I've been the most excited and also simultaneously the most nervous about teaching uh, here at Lux ever. And I'm so excited to be here with you guys. I hope you can hear me okay. Got some amens in the chat. I really got to figure out this this box thing because I'm, I'm terrible with it. Welcome to church, everybody. My name is Mark. I am the lead pastor here at Lux Digital Church. It's an honor, a privilege to be here with you guys tonight. Thank you so much for all the support. Cowboy Tech TV, I see you in the chat. Thank you guys for being here. Church family, I love you. I appreciate you so much. Thank you for making Lux a part of your night tonight. Listen, if you're here for the very first time tonight, I just want to say thank you for being here. If you've been lurking in the background, you're kind of wondering, should I say anything? Should I not say anything? Listen, I just want to I want to challenge you and encourage you. Take a first step with us. Just say hello in the chat. Just say, hey, I'm here. All we want to do is welcome you into our church family. If you click the follow button here on our channel, all we're going to do is we're going to send you a message on uh, right here on Twitch, a DM tomorrow, inviting you to come and join us on Discord with the link to our Discord. All we want to do is invite you to come and join our family. We don't care what background you've come from. We don't care what you believe. We're just glad that you're here. We want you to know that we appreciate you. We want you to know that you're seen, that you matter to us. And no matter if you just stumbled in here because you were just scrolling through the special category. I think we're in special events tonight, the special events category, and you pop by or because somebody invited you or or maybe you're here because you're Katie's friends today. How awesome, guys. Come on. How awesome. A baptism in up in a tub come on now in a tub let's draw a bath and baptize somebody how awesome is that it's so powerful and listen if you're part of our on-demand family church and you're here joining me later on you're joining me on VOD or podcast or YouTube listen you're part of our family as well and we love you so much but I also want to challenge you and invite you to come and join us in discord listen the Christian faith and following Jesus isn't a solo activity it's something that we do in community with one another and you can't do that if you're just spectating you got to move from spectation to participation so we hope you'll jump over would you come and join us in discord i know it's overwhelming i know it's hard when you first jump in you might be listening live on twitch tonight thinking man i've never used discord i've heard so many streamers talking about it but i've never downloaded i don't want to get involved with it it's just too much work it's worth the effort it's worth the effort please come over and start doing life with us listen tonight we're in if you're here for the very first time this is a this is an interesting night to be here interesting night we're celebrating a baptism i'm talking about generosity i'm talking about giving tonight and i've never talked about giving here at lux for the last year and a half, we've had giving moments, but we've never dedicated a message specifically to talk about giving. That's right, Chino Mitch, 24-7 on Discord, all day, every day, all the time. That's where we are. You can come hang out with us over there. And so tonight, we are in part three of a four-week collection of talks called Kingdom Culture. And in this collection of talks, we've been talking specifically about generosity when it comes to our time, our talent, our treasure, and our touch. In the last two weeks, myself and Chino Mitch have brought the first two messages in this series where we've talked specifically about how to be generous with our time and then how to be generous with our talent. Week one, I talked about how we need to master our time, take control of our time. We got to begin learning to invest our time. We got to learn how to redeem our time. God has given us 24 hours in a day. He's given us seven days a week. He's given us the days of our life. They're limited. They're finite, but God has blessed us with them. We got to use them for his glory. They're not just meant to build us up. They're also meant to build build 
him up. Last week, Chino Mage talked about identifying your talents, exploring who you are, discovering yourself, discovering how God has gifted you and wired you, and then leveraging that for kingdom impact. Listen, guys, it's easy. And to be honest, it's easy to take your talents, your gifts, whatever you have, and leverage it for financial gain. It's hard. It's hard to take the way that God has created you and leverage it for kingdom impact. But last week, Chino Mage encouraged us and challenged us, like, step into it. Step into it. Come and serve at the church. Find ways that you can give back to the people in your life. Learn not just to build your kingdom with your talents and gifts, but learn to build God's. Tonight, we turn our attention from time and from talent, and we turn our attention to treasure. Tonight, we're going to be looking and talking specifically about how God desires for us to use our resources. Before I dive in to this conversation about giving financially, about giving of our treasure I want to take a look at our key statement for tonight because our key statement is the one thing that links all of our messages together here at Lux. And stick with me tonight, guys, because this message, this one's not a short one, but dang, I'm, I'm, I'm believing that it's good. It says this, uh, the kingdom of God is marked by extravagant generosity. That's our key statement for the series. The kingdom of God is marked by extravagant generosity. And before we jump in and we start talking directly about what that means here at Lux and what giving is, and I'm going to be sharing a lot of stuff with you tonight, I'm going to be firing some stuff at you tonight. Before we dive into that, I want to make sure we're all starting on the same playing field, and I want to make sure I dive into a few definitions so that we all have the same understanding when I'm talking. The reality is some of us grew up in church, some of us haven't been to church before in our life, some of us haven't been to church in 10 years, and so some of the stuff is just new to us. And so tonight we're going to dive in. I want to start off by talking about a word called tithing. Let me define a word called tithing or the tithe. The tithe or tithing is a biblical term. It comes to us from the Old Testament. It was this idea when God's people originally left the land of Egypt. They spent 40 years in the wilderness. A generation died off. God brought them through the guidance of a young man named Joshua into the promised land. They conquered the promised land. And God said, now I'm going to divide up the land. He said, there's 12 tribes. There was 12 tribes of his chosen people. I'm going to divide the land into 11 portions. He gave 11 portions to different tribes and the 12th tribe he said you are going to be my priests your portion isn't land it's not possession it's not crops your portion is going to be the temple and you're going to be the priest and then God said to the 11 other tribes you are to take a tenth one tenth ten percent of your crops ten percent of your produce and you are to bring them to the temple of the Lord to serve the priests. So the priests would have something to eat, to serve those who are serving me, those who minister before you, those who do sacrifices for you, those who lead the temple, bring 10% to the temple. This is the concept of the tithe. Tithe literally means 10% or one-tenth. Now, throughout the history of the church, this has been something that has happened. This is how churches have existed. The people of God have faithfully and consistently brought in a tenth of their own wealth into the temple. Now, let me just tell you this. This isn't only something that God's people have done, but this is also a promise that God has made. In fact, the promise that God has made, he literally says in all of the other areas, again, we talk about time, we talk about talent, we talk about touch, but when it comes to treasure, God actually makes not only a promise, but he actually invites us to challenge him. God says, not only am I going to promise you something when you bring in 10%, when you take the 10% of your crops, when you bring them to the temple, and guys, this is the way the church has done. The church doesn't sell anything. This is the way the church has been supported for the last 2,000 years. It's the people of God and the people of the church bringing things into the storehouses to support the church. This 
This is what has happened throughout the history of church. This is how it's been done. And so God says, listen, let me tell, let me tell you something. I don't just invite you to, t- to try me. I want you to test me. This is the only place in scripture where God says, test me. So when there's only one place where God says, test me, we should tune our ear to it and listen in closely. He says this in the book of Malachi chapter three, he says, bring all the tithes into the storehouse. So there will be enough food in my temple. If you do so, says the Lord of heaven's armies, I will open up the windows of heaven for you. I will pour out a blessing so great you won't have enough room to take it in. Try it. Put me to the test. Greg, will you go ahead and open the door in the studio because it's five billion degrees. He says, go ahead, try it. Put me to the test. Many people have taken this passage to mean if we take 10% of what we have, if we take the tithe and we give it away, that God will give us 11% or 12% or 15% or 150%. But it's not actually what this passage says. This passage says very clearly that when we give 10, that God gives blessing. That when we give 10, God will return and give us blessing. It doesn't say what those blessings are, but can I just be honest with you, church family? Can I be really real with you? There are some blessings that money cannot buy. There are some answers to prayers that money cannot touch. There are some things that money cannot do in our lives. There are some things that only last and only stand and are only within the power and the might and the majesty and the provision of God. And God says, If you will give me 10% of what it is that I've given you, I promise you, I will bring to your life a blessing. I will bring to your life blessing. I'll open the windows. I'll pour out the storehouses. Here's the thing. When we cling to our money, we cling to it at the cost of God's blessings in our lives. Let me say it again. When we cling to our money, we cling to it at the cost of of God's blessing in our lives. It's in the primary sin of the church, the real problem with the church, the heart of the issue in the church. It it, it isn't adultery. It's not lust. It's not that we strayed from the truth. It's not even pride. One of the main sin of the churches, you know what we struggle with? Greed. We cling too tightly. We don't trust God. When God says, challenge me, challenge me. Put me to the test. Give and see if I don't give back. We say, I'd rather rather cling to what, what I have. It's greed. You think, well, how do you know that? That sounds ridiculous. People give. Listen, let me just be honest with you. Statistically, now, I I looked up some statistics. I've studied a lot of stuff like this. I don't have statistics for my friends up north in Canada. I don't have statistics for my Australian friends. So, uh, you know, if you're from Australia, you're tuning in with us. Uh, Bend it. Love you, dude. I don't have statistics for you. I don't have statistics for third world countries. I have statistics for the U.S. But in the U.S., 95% of church-going, professing Christians do not tithe. 95%. 5% of people in the United States that say, I am a follower of Jesus, do not even reach testing God with their money. You want to know why? Because we cling 
to our resources. We seek security in what we can buy. We seek comfort in what money can get us. And when we cling to our resources, we do so at the jeopardy of robbing ourselves of the greater blessings of God, blessings that money cannot buy. 95% of American Christians do not tithe. In fact, the vast majority of those don't give anything. When we look at the church, we see these really big churches building these multi-million dollar buildings. Like, what are they building these big buildings for? Don't they, shouldn't they be giving their money away to the poor? Shouldn't they be doing something else? You don't realize, listen guys, we should be and we could be, we should be and we could be if God's people weren't greedy. We could be and we should be if God's people weren't living in sin and hoarding their wealth. Uh, we wouldn't just build buildings. We, we would call, we would solve hunger problems. We, we wouldn't just build buildings. We wouldn't just put up stages. We wouldn't just buy instruments. We wouldn't just put up speakers. We, we, would, we would solve global issues. If God's people truly believed that God would bless them if they would bring in 10%, 10% would do abundantly and exceedingly more. Listen, the church in the United States has done unbelievable, amazing things. The church around the world has done amazing things, even on a staggeringly low percentage of what God's we've done. We want to know why the church hasn't blessed people and we point our fingers at the church Well, we're really pointing our fingers at ourselves. Because the church isn't a building and it's not a pastor. The church is you and me. It's people. So we know what tithing is. Let's talk about generosity. And you might say, there's a difference? No, there's no way. They're tithing and generosity, the same thing. Tithing and generosity are different things. In fact, Jesus taught us that tithing and generosity look different. So what were the standards that Jesus actually set when it was his kingdom culture, when he walked around and preached? You might find it funny, but Jesus preached about money an awful lot of times. In fact, some people say it's an urban myth. Some people say that Jesus preached about money more than anything else. If you look into it, you'll find that Jesus preached about money an awful lot. He didn't preach about it more than anything else. He preached about the kingdom and the kingdom's culture first, but he preached about money often. Why? Because Jesus knew something. He knew that the chief rival in our lives for him, for supremacy in our lives, would be money. That we would bow a knee and worship money. We would trust money before we would trust him. In fact, he says this in the book of Matthew, and it's incredibly powerful, and it says this, don't store up treasures here on earth where moths eat them and rust destroys them and where thieves break in and steal. Store your treasures in heaven where moths and rust cannot destroy and thieves do not break in and steal. Wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will be also. Here Jesus teaches us not to be so short-sighted when we're his followers. Here Jesus says, listen, as his followers... As his followers, don't lose sight of heaven. Don't lose sight of heaven. Don't store up for yourselves things here that are going to rot away and fall away. Put up stores in heaven. Don't lose sight. 
As followers of Jesus, sometimes we get so tied up in the nitty-gritty and the problems of today and the things that we face that we forget about heaven. We forget that it's around the corner. And here Jesus says, listen, you can make an investment in the eternal. You can make an investment in what comes next. You don't need to store up for yourselves here where moth and rust will destroy, where thieves will break in and steal, because there's an eternal dwelling that's protected by my Father. And you can set aside treasures in that place. Here in this singular passage, Jesus says, listen, when you give, two things happen. When you give, there's blessings in the life to come, and you're freed from the, the, the plague of materialism today. He says, I have a surefire investment for you. You want to return on what you've earned, I can return it to you in the next life. Do you believe in heaven? Listen, my, uh, my wife's grandfather who has passed away. I never had a chance to meet him. My wife's grandfather once in the very early stages of McDonald's had an opportunity to invest. He was approached about investing very early on in McDonald's. At the time, he didn't really think it was going to be, it was going to work. So he turned it down, decided that McDonald's really probably wasn't for him. Now, now we look back and in hindsight, we're saying like, that is preposterous. Like McDonald's is so profitable. It had the opportunity, such a blessing. Like we, there could have been so much money. Like, can you imagine? But we do the same exact thing when it comes to God's kingdom. Jesus says, I have a surefire investment for you. You give a small portion of what I've already given you. And I will promise you something in the life to come. I'll promise you treasures in the life beyond. Don't store up for yourselves things here. Serve me. Follow me. Give sacrificially. Live generously. And there'll be something in the life to come. When we realize it on that scale, it makes the McDonald's debacle seem silly, futile, temporary, carnal. When we look at it that way, we realize that when we choose to not follow what God has asked us to do, when we choose to live outside of that, when we choose to cling to things. We don't just rob ourselves of blessings here, but we rob ourselves of blessings there. It, it's a mistake on a cosmic and eternal scale. But perhaps we should even frame the concept of generosity further. Because this comes directly from the teachings of Jesus. I know what some of you will say. So some of the, like, this is what Mark has said. This was teach. Listen, I'm telling you right now, this stuff is straight from the Bible, straight from the Bible. We're looking right at what the scripture has to say about our resources tonight. It says this right here. In Mark chapter 12, Jesus sat down opposite the place where the offerings were put and he watched the crowd putting their money into the temple treasury. Many rich people threw in large amounts, but a poor widow came and put in only two very small copper coins worth only a few cents. Calling his disciples to him, Jesus said, Truly, I tell you, this poor widow has put in more into the treasury than all of the others. They all gave out of their wealth, but she, out of her poverty, put in everything that she had to live on. This is the only woman in all of the New Testament who's commended for her generosity. Now, I'm not saying that we should be unwise with our wealth. I'm saying that we should trust God and listen to what he tells us to do. That we should walk and obey him. In this, it shows the perfect frame. And Jesus used an example. He said, listen, Jesus cares more about the condition of our heart than he does about the pile of our resources. 
Jesus cares more about the condition of your heart and your desires than he does the resources that you have. He says, listen, it doesn't matter to me that it's two pennies or a hundred thousand. There are people who've given hundreds of thousands of dollars to the church. There's these rich people bringing in everything. And he's saying, it's not about what you bring. It has nothing to do with it. It has to do with your heart. Jesus desires your heart. And he knows that money will always compete for his place in your life. She's the only woman in all of scripture. Here's the thing, and I think it's framed by this. Generosity begins where the tithe ends. I know this is going to be hard. I'm, this is going to be hard. Let me, let me break this down. Generosity begins where the tithe ends. The tithe is expected of those who claim to follow Jesus. General Generosity, at least in Jesus' kingdom culture, at least in the culture of Jesus Christ, generosity begins at 11%. Jesus calls us not partway in. He says, I want all of you. Would you, would you follow me with everything? Would you be all in? Would you follow me? The kingdom of God is marked by extravagant generosity, holding loosely on to the things of this world and serving Jesus with our entire lives. Here's the last thing. Then we're going to get down a little bit of some, some like more gritty details. I promise you some of that, we're going to talk about it. Who's generosity for? Listen, if, if we understand what tithing is and we understand what generosity is inside of God's kingdom, if we understand that tithing is taking the first 10% and bringing it into our spiritual home, if we understand that biblical generosity is above and beyond the tithe, if we understand that's the culture that Jesus set in his kingdom, if we understand the extravagant generosity that Jesus modeled by his death on the cross and his sacrificial living on our behalf, if we understand all of those things and we model those things as followers of Jesus, listen guys, I know this is hard, then who is generosity actually for? Well, first off, it's this. Generosity isn't for God. God has no need for your money. The Bible tells us that God has cattle on a thousand hills. He has, he has sheep. I don't need anything about sheep. He just has sheep. I'm sure that God could have sheep. It says he builds his walls with gemstones. It says he paves his streets with gold. It says he builds his gates out of giant pearls. God is not lacking in any resource. He needs nothing from us. Then we have to say, well, maybe it's for the church. And here I'll tell you today, it's not for the church. It's not for the church. The church needs resources to exist, but the church does not rely, nor is it dependent on the resources of man. God has promised that he would care for his church. And let me be really clear here, guys. There have been awesome churches with little resource, and there have been awful churches that have failed with significant resource. There are churches sitting on enormous resource with 10 people in the congregation, reaching no one, telling no one about Jesus, baptizing no one. And there are churches with hardly any money, scraping some stuff together, meeting in garages, and they're seeing people come to faith. The church isn't limited by resources. God has already promised to take care of it. I'm telling you right now, it doesn't matter if you give a dollar here, if you give a hundred thousand dollars here, if we're not faith our church withers and dies and if we choose to be faithful God promises to take care of us always it's not for the church 
If it's not for the church, and if it's not for God, then who's it for? Generosity is for us. It's first and foremost an opportunity to be part of God's story. Generosity is an invitation into God's story. That we get this chance as these infant little human beings, as, as, as these finite creatures, as this little bit of flesh and blood, as this speck and blip in the middle of history and reality, God invites us in to his grander and greater story through our acts of generosity. He's all we have. He always has. We see a woman who gave the two pennies that she had and she's written into God's story and echoed for 2,000 years throughout the history of the church. We see Joseph, Joseph of Arimathea who generously offered his tomb for Jesus to be laid in after he was crucified and he's written into God's story. We see a young boy who offers his lunch to a crowd of thousands and God writes him into his story. We see a young man who's rich and powerful who's written out of God's story because his hands grip too tight on the things that he had and he couldn't leave them behind to simply follow Jesus. When we choose to be generous, we get an invitation into God's story. The next one is this. It's an opportunity to grow our faith. It's an opportunity to grow our faith. Nothing will grow your faith quite like watching God provide. Nothing will grow your faith quite like watching God provide provide. Time and time again, I have watched as God has given me and my wife numbers that be honest with you, like, whoo, let me just tell you, we, we didn't know. We didn't know. How are we supposed to come up with it, God? Are you sure? Are you sure? And every time we've taken a step of faith, God has provided abundantly more than we can ever ask or imagine. He's shown up over and over and over again because giving and generosity expands your faith. Let me give you an example. In some ways, it's like me and my daughter. By the way, homemade things, I see, uh, I, I see that you have a bunch of comments in here. If you want to repost your question, uh, feel free to repost it when we're in post service and I'll, I'll answer it. It's like me and my daughter. My daughter Ari is three and my daughter loves marshmallows. And it would be if I came to my daughter with a handful of marshmallows on her little table in the living room and I laid them down and I said, here's 10 marshmallows. I want you to give dad one marshmallow. Set aside the first marshmallow for dad. And Ari, I promise that if you give me the first marshmallow, I'll always take care of you when it comes to marshmallows. There will always be more marshmallows. And then I walk out of the room. And Ari sits there with her, her 10 little marshmallows and she knows like dad, dad will, dad will give me more marshmallows, but without being able to see the marshmallows, without being able to see dad, it's hard to trust that there'll be more marshmallows. It's, it's easy to eat all 10 marshmallows. I mean, little does she know that in the other room, in the kitchen around the corner, dad has a bag full of marshmallows. I have more to her. Her marshmallows are finite. There's only so many of them. She has to be really careful with them. Her marshmallows are really precious to her. But to dad, he has so many marshmallows. And if he runs out of marshmallows, m m dad can go to the store. He can get more marshmallows. And, and here I come in and I say, here's 10 marshmallows. If you, if you give me one, if you give me one of the marshmallows that I gave to you, 
If you trust me with one of the marshmallows that were all mine, I had them all. I gave all the marshmallows to you. I'm asking for one marshmallow back. I promise you there's more marshmallows, but because she can't see the marshmallows around the corner, it's hard to believe that the marshmallows are there. It's hard, it's hard to believe that God will actually come into our lives and take care of our needs and be there for us and supply for us. It's hard to believe because we just can't see it. We're saying, Dad, where are you? Dad, where's the marshmallow? Dad, I can't see him. We do the same exact thing with the Father. He says, I've given you everything. And he says, but, but, but I could keep 10% from you. I could keep one of the 10 marshmallows, but I want you to give me them. Can you give me that marshmallow? Will you trust me? Test me. See if I don't give you even more. See if I don't bless you. See if I don't care for you. See if I don't protect you. See if I don't watch over you. And too often we sit at our little marshmallow table in the corner and we just stuff our mouths with the marshmallows. We eat all 10 of them because we can't believe that there's marshmallows right around the corner. This is what tithing and generosity does in our lives. It teaches us that God is always true to his word. That he always shows up. That he always provides. But here the, here's the deal. Here's the deal. Let me just be honest with you. Some of you are here tonight and you're like, okay, but when are we going to get down to it? Like for real. Can I, when are we going to get down to it? Let me be real with you. For some of you guys, 10% doesn't seem like a stretch. It's like an impossibility. <laughs> and, and I'll be perfectly honest with you. I would rather you not give a dime to Lux and give away 10% and trust God. I'm not even in Like tonight, we're going to talk a little bit about the resources of our church. But if it's, if it's like a hang up for you with us, then just give it away somewhere else and just trust God. I would rather you, I would, I would love to see your faith grow. I would love to see you test God and see that he doesn't bless you. I would rather see you not robbed of eternal blessings than see you bring anything into this storehouse. Give it somewhere else. If that's a hang up for you, like get rid of it. Pastor Mark, you heard him here. He said it first. Give it away. God will take care of us. We don't need the money. As long as we're faithful, God always provides. But let me just give it to the year. Some of you are saying like, yeah, I'd love to give 10%, but I'm living off 110% and the, and, the, and, the, and the credit cards are racking up and I'm living paycheck to paycheck. I have less than I need to go around. You, Pastor Mark, it's great. You're saying, hey, why don't you give 10%? I'm, I'm telling you, I can't. I can't. I won't have a house. Let's just say, I hear you. You can't give what you don't have. But let me just challenge you with this. Here's three challenges for where you are. Here's three challenges for where you are. Number one, if you can't give 10%, start where you can. If you can't give 10%, start where you can. For some of you, that'll be 1%. For some of you, that'll be 0.1%. Don't do nothing just because you can't do everything. Do not do nothing just because you cannot do everything. And let me be honest with you. This is where most of us are. Like most of our church, this is the stage of life we're in. We're raising kids. We're getting by. We're starting out in life. This is where we are. We got to start small. We got to start where we can. Trust God with what you can trust him with. The next person here tonight, you might be in this situation. You're giving, but you need to take a next step. You're giving, but you need to take a next step.
I'm going to be clear. When I say giving, I don't mean deluxe. I mean, you're giving to a local church. You're giving to a charity. You're giving to this. You're giving to that. When I talk, you're just giving, right? You're giving. Say you're giving 3%. You've seen God come through, but you're nervous because you, you've trusted God with 3%. He's provided, but you're saying, can I really trust him with six? Can I really trust him with six? God, I'm good on three. I'm good on three, Father. Can I trust you with six? Are you sure you got my back? For some of us, it's time to take a next step in our generosity journey. Finally, here's this. The third one is this. You're giving 10% and God's calling you out of tithing and into kingdom generosity. You're giving 10% and God's calling you into something more. Listen, you might be tithing 10% here at Lux. You might be tithing 10% at your local physical church. And once again, it's a hang up for you. Don't tithe here, whatever. I don't care. I'm just saying, uh, if, if it, if you're, you're giving somewhere and tonight, listen, you've seen God provide. You've seen you have more peace and contentment on 90% than you do on 100%. I know it. I live it. Like literally, we live it. We live on a single income home with two kids and we give 10% of our income away straight out the gate before we ever touch it. I live it. I've watched God show up. I've watched God provide. When we started Lux, when it was like, when it was the beginning of that journey for us, listen, we stepped out in faith and for four months, there wasn't a dime. Bro, I left a job that was really good paying. We, we had a house, we had kids, we had all this stuff going on. We said, God, we feel like you're calling us out into something new. And for the first four months we didn't have a dime zip nilch zada nada nothing zero because when god has delivered you from slavery to money you know it's always better to trust him and so some of you tonight man you're given 10 percent, and you've seen god come through let me just be really clear i'd rather talk to a group of people who've learned tithing about giving than people who've given nothing you think well the people who are tithing don't have anything to give the people who are tithing learned it doesn't matter they've learned that god's provided for them they don't really care it's like listen god has given me everything that i've needed he's given me peace on 90 he'll give me peace on 85 i don't care i'll just i'll just sit here with open hands if you feel like God is calling you tonight, take the next step. Trust him. See what God has on the other side of it. Tonight, we're launching our all-in generosity movement. In a moment, we're going to throw the all-in link here in the chat. You'll be able to go over to it. But before we do that, I need to just give you, I'm going to give you the real practical pieces because I got to give you the practical pieces. Because there's some real practical stuff, and I promise practical stuff, so we're going to give you practical stuff. On January 1st of 2021, our church went from having no money, zero, three months from launch, not sure how we were going to pay our, our mortgage, not sure what was going to come next, went from having zero to everything we needed to be able to fund our church, to build a studio, to pay my salary. God showed up. He opened up the doors and God provided. We used that money to get a proof of concept up and running. And then after we had a proof of concept up and running last fall, Jen and I spent three to four nights a week fundraising. 
We invited people in our homes. We met with churches all throughout the country on Zoom calls, and we asked people. We cast vision for our church. We said, we believe that there are gamers out there who don't know Jesus, who will never come to your church. They'd rather go to hell than come to church, but we believe that we can reach them through the screen that's in front of their face dozens and dozens and dozens of hours a week. We believe that they're searching for hope, and they're searching for truth, and some of you are here, and you were, and you found it here at Lux, and some of you are listening in tonight, and you're not sure if you're going to find it, and you're hoping it might be real, and you're just kind of tuning in an ear and you're playing a game on the other monitor let me just say like god is real and he is working at our church and we would go and we'd say and during that season my wife and i raised a little over two hundred thousand dollars now you might sound like oh my gosh that's a mind-blowing number it's crazy for some of you that might be like oh that's pennies that's nothing i understand right you run a business you run a company you've managed something i totally get it listen just depends on what background you come from and where you are in life right now whether you think that's numbers outrageous or you don't but the reality is i was planting a church alongside of some other friends who were planting churches who were raising five times that just to pay for their church building for a year just to rent a space, we're trying to raise four, five hundred thousand dollars. Some of them for the first couple of years, three, four million dollars, just to rent a space to be able to do church for the first couple of years. Our costs were really minimal whenever we got started, whenever we initially launched. Now, all of that money was dedicated to us from outside of Lux, people who don't attend Lux, churches who aren't part of Lux, people who've just poured their resources in, and they're giving that money from now through the end of 2024. They've dedicated and committed to pouring resources into Lux to see gamers who don't know Jesus come to know Jesus and see those who come to find Jesus grow up to become like Jesus. They're supporting us. In the end of the day, it takes about $150,000 a year to keep Lux up and running. It keeps the staff we currently have. Yes, I work for Lux. Yes, I work full-time for Lux. And yes, I work well over 40 hours most weeks. That's just part of our story and part of my narrative with our family right now. Yes, we have a staff. and Yes, there are expenses. There's very real costs associated with leading and running a church. Here's the good news. We're in a great financial place. Right now in 2022, we came into the year with 100% of our budget sitting in the bank. And when we come to 2023, we'll be sitting with 90 to 100% of our budget sitting in the bank. And the best time to talk about money is when you have it. <laughs> and we have money. So that's the blessing. God has been incredibly faithful. But here's the challenge. Over the next two years, the money that's been committed to Lux from outside of Lux will no longer be there. And when that day comes, we have to stand on our own two feet. Now, I don't say that as a threat or I don't say that as being manipulative. It's just reality. In two years, the money that's been committed to us to get us up and going won't be there anymore. And we'll have to learn to stand up on our own two feet. That doesn't mean that's happening tonight. It's not happening tonight. This is our first conversation about generosity. The reason that we're having it now when we have enough money to make it through next year is because I don't want to come in 2024 in November and be like, hey, by the way, guys, if you don't start giving today, we're closing our doors next week because it's a journey. The generosity journey is a journey for each and every one of us, for you and for me. It's been a journey for me and my family. It's been a journey to trust God. He's built our faith and it's a journey and it takes steps for you as well. Here's the reality. 
If in a couple of years we can't fund the church, there's nothing to cut. Most of our overhead is our team and our staff. If we get to that point and we can't stand on our own two feet, my wife and I made a commitment when we started our church and we said this, I won't give up my family so I can keep a church alive. I'm sorry that's one of my boundaries and I won't give it up. So that means I won't go find a a 40-hour-a-week job and also work 40-plus hours a week at Lux. And, And just to be clear, that means if we don't make that point in a couple of years, Lux probably won't continue to exist. I don't say that as a threat. I'm not saying that to be manipulative. It's just reality. We have a couple of years as a church family to become a self-supporting and sustaining entity. I hope you'll be willing to take some of that journey with us. Let's get down to the end. It leads us to the end of the message and the beginning of All In. Tonight, we're opening a special page on our website so you can take your next step or your first step on your generosity journey. And if you don't want to do it, don't do it. If God hasn't spoken to your heart, don't do it. That's okay with me. But if God has spoken to your heart, if you heard the Holy Spirit whisper, and I'm asking you tonight to trust him. We're asking our church family to take that first step in generosity tonight by visiting the All In page. You'll find a form there that you can fill out to sign up for monthly giving or weekly giving. If you sign up on there, you do a one-time gift. We're going to assume that that gift is a monthly commitment unless you say otherwise. We realize a lot of people don't want to set up something that's automated. You'd rather go back each month and do it. I totally and completely understand that. A couple of months ago, we came to our dream team and we said, two months ago in September, we came to our dream team and we said, listen team, this is what's going to be happening. All in is coming up. We got to start working over the next two years towards actually supporting ourselves and standing on our own two feet. We got to move out of our parents' basement, right? We got to grow up. And we asked them to prayerfully consider giving generously. We asked them to be sacrificial. And, and I'm, I'm proud to say tonight, there are 22 members of the leadership of your church family, the people from your teams who've devoted $2,735 a month over the next 12 months. They've committed to taking their next or first steps into biblical generosity. Their adventure towards tithing. Stepping in to being generous with their money. Listen, it doesn't matter how much we give. It It doesn't really matter how much you give. God has always been faithful to his church. The church doesn't run on money. The church has and always will continue to run and exist on faith. It's the currency of God's kingdom. But each and every one of us has a war to fight inside of us and decide who is going to be most important in our lives. Are we going to trust God or are we going to trust money? That's up to you. And you may be listening to me tonight and you may be like, wow, like, oh, this is great. And, or I'm not convinced. And I'm going to be honest with you. If, if, if you're not convinced that God has called us to generosity and tithing, then, then either you weren't listening or like, I don't know, you have your, you have, you have like earplugs in or something, or um, like, honestly, you're just okay with continuing in disobedience. I don't know. I know for me, my family and our team, we're going all in. That takes us to our next step today. Our next step is this. I will go all in and take my first or next step on my generosity journey this week. I go all in and take my first or next step on my generosity journey this week. I'll be posting about all in throughout the week in our Discord server. 
There'll be opportunities to grab the link over there and head over to our website and go all in with us here at Lux. I love you guys. I appreciate you so much. I hope you've received tonight's message in grace and in peace. And know that I deeply, deeply appreciate you. And I love you. Next week, we get the chance to celebrate together all that God will do this week. Let's pray. Father God, I love you and I thank you. And uh, there's so much of me that feels like this message was so good to preach and and so challenging and so nerve-wracking. I pray that the words that I may have spoke tonight that have been offensive or abrasive would be forgotten and that your words would remain. Would anything that I spoke tonight, Father, that wasn't of you, would it just dissolve? I thank you for being a God who provides. I thank you for being a God who challenges us, who just says, listen, you can't serve me and money. One or the other. And you call us out of slavery to things that never fulfill and into freedom. Call us deeper into freedom this week, Lord. In your name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message at Lux Digital Church. If Lux has been having an impact on your life, I want to encourage you to visit us at luxdigitalchurch.com and get connected to our community there. We're so thankful for you and we appreciate you. Have a blessed day and a blessed week.